All right, let's talk about the resurrection. Uh, I first, when I first developed this message, I, I, I started with something negative and I thought I'd take it out. Do y'all want to know what that negative was? If you don't, I won't mention it. My wife doesn't want me to, to do the negative. So now I've messed up. I'll tell you the negative a little bit further in the message. I mean, you know, if, if everybody says, tell us, and your wife says, don't do it, what do you guys do? You don't do it. That's, that's marriage 101. I mean, I wanted to bless all of you, but I'm going home with her. <laughs> Amen. Let me get started. Let me get started. I'm crying and laughing at the same time. Well, let me just tell you, I, I love this season. I love this season. It is my favorite time of the year. Um, not that we get to talk about Jesus during this time of the year, because we do it all the time. Uh, we do it every day of our lives. We ju we're just in love with Jesus. And, uh, and when I find people who are casual about Jesus, it causes me heartburn. I mean, I really have issues with that. And I have to pray that I would have the right attitude toward them. I don't want to hurt them. I just want to give them spiritual cachetadas, you know, <laughs> just spiritual ones. You know, I mean, I don't want to give them physical ones. But today we're celebrating resurrection, which is Passover. Uh, that is, and I will talk about what Passover means. I know most, most of you know, but we're talking about Passover. That's a great uh, name for something big God did. Uh, and we are also talking about the fact that Jesus is not someone who just instituted Passover, but Jesus himself is our Passover. And what we teach at this fellow, go ahead, you want to give it, Lord. <clears throat> so these are some things that we have as believers. Now, maybe everybody's not a believer here. If you're not a believer, we're not hostile to unbelievers. We're not hostile to unbelievers. We love to have unbelievers come in the midst of us. We like to go into, in the midst of unbelievers. So if, if you're an unbeliever today, you're not in hostile territory. You're in friendly territory. Uh, so eternal death is one of those benefits, has passed us by or over us because of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Also, we have passed over from death, we were living a death, and we have passed over from death into eternal life. In John chapter 5, uh, verse 24, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Now, what kind of life? Everlasting life. I want everybody here to hear what I just read. Jesus himself said that, that, that anyone, um, uh, most assuredly or verily, verily, I say to you, he who hears my word, she who hears my word, anyone who hears my word and believes in him who sent me and believes in God who sent me has everlasting life. Now, it didn't say temporary life. 
temporary life. It did not, he did not say uh, it, your life will, is precarious somehow. The outcome uh, is uncertain. But he says you, will ha you have everlasting life. And not only that, he couples something with it and says, and shall not come into judgment. So what he says to us is that you have already, by receiving Jesus, escaped this judgment where God will say, depart from me. He's not going to say that to those who are in Christ. Because those in, who are in Christ are a new kind of humanity. They are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new or become new. And so what God wants you and I to understand is that when you are in Christ, uh, this judgment now has passed. He says, you will not <clears throat> come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And what he wants you to know is that now this life is Christ. That's why Paul can safely say to us, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I, I want to credit, I, I visited this past week with um, uh, Pastor Keith Lamb. I wanted to meet him from, for 30-something years ago, and I'd heard about him, and I said, okay, I, I need to go up and talk to this man, make sure that uh, since he is supposed to be a, an es expert in some of these uh, es eschatological things, these last time, these last days and all that. So I met with him, and, in it, uh, and sort of as a side benefit, uh, we were talking about somehow the judgment seat of Christ, and he said something so beautiful to me that I thought, okay, I'll claim it as my own. But he said the, the, the judgment seat of Christ doesn't have anything to do with sin. It has nothing at all to do with sin. Because you, you and I know that because of what happened on this day, somewhere 2,000 years ago, our sin stuff has been dealt with. When we believed in Jesus, he dealt with our sin. We have now passed from death into life. So the judgment seat of Christ is not where you and I are going to be judged for, for our sin. We're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ for our usefulness or uselessness. What, have you been useful after coming to Jesus or are you living a useless life? I mean, that's, that's the, the, what we have to look at. Now, let's look at Exodus because we, uh, you, you don't just have the resurrection instantaneously. You've got a resurrection, yes. But there was something that happened in Egypt somewhere maybe 1,500 years before. It happened in Egypt, uh, and God used a people group called the Jews or Israelites. He used them to show us so many le lessons about himself. Excuse me. And so he used, me, he used them to show us many lessons. Now, there are, I would say there are a great number of us who would say something like, oh, the Jews are God's chosen people. And we say that, we, we rehearse that, yes, they, 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 they were chosen, they were very, very special, and still are, uh, because they're the people through whom we, we got an understanding of the covenants of God, uh, where we understand adoption, uh, where we understand salvation, because Jesus himself says, salvation is of the Jews. You Gentiles, you Samaritans, you don't know what you worship, uh, but we Jews, we know what we worship because salvation is of the Jews. 
They gave us the Messiah. So they're special in those ways. They gave us the Messiah. They, they gave us his life, as it were. He came through them. God came to the earth through, Jew, through the Jewish people. And they gave us his death. And without giving us the death, we have no eternal life. And so they are very special in that regard. But the body of Christ, I'm a little bit away from my message, a body, the body of Christ is comprised of believing Jews and believing Gentiles. Okay, we're the same body, and that's a mystery. I mean, you know, how did God pull that off? He did it through Jesus Christ. The resurrection is a big deal. This is a huge matter. The, what God did in the resurrection can, can never be undone. I mean, every Christian ought to be jumping to the ceiling or, or doing it inwardly. Do it inwardly. Hallelujah. So let me give you a little synopsis of Exodus 12. I would like for you to read Exodus 12. If I had an hour or so, I could go through it all more meticulously, carefully, and you would uh, get a lot more out of it. But read uh, Exodus chapter 12, where God is telling um, Moses and Aaron of what to do. Now let's look at it. Verse 1. Let me know if you're there. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Now what God was doing, he was doing something spiritual, something that would be lasting. This is going to be lasting, what he was doing. So he said, this is going to be your first, the beginning of your year. So when you and I got saved, it was a new beginning. We all got a new start because you, just like the first Adam, first Adam made a mess of, of things. When, from the time of your natural birth till the time you got saved, I don't, it doesn't matter how Pollyannish you were, you were making a mess of things. Because a lot of times people go, I never did anything wrong. You just did something wrong when you said that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, so, so God gave them a new beginning. So, so th this Passover uh, resurrection, this is a new beginning for you. I mean, I knew, I'm looking at some, some brothers out here. I don't know about you sisters, but I'm looking at some brothers. You ought to have been clapping your hands because I can tell that you needed a real new beginning. All right. So, so, so I can just tell. So, so, so this month, this new, this new month, uh, that was to start their year, it was a spiritual year. They had a, a, a basically um, a civic calendar, uh, a, yeah, and they had a, a spiritual calendar. And so this was the beginning of their spirit. So when we came to Jesus, it was the beginning of our spiritual journey. It doesn't matter how wonderful you were before, it, you had not uh, commenced your spiritual journey, but now you have. And so he called this month Abib, A-B-I-B. Uh, and it literally means fresh young ears of barley. That's what it really means. It's, it's speaking of the barley harvest. Now, just a little side note. This uh, barley harvest was always in March, April. March, April. And uh, so 
so with this new calendar, they also re received a new identity. When you and I got saved, we, re we received a new identity. Are you with me? And so, now, let me give you just a little snippet here. When, when Jesus arose from the grave, the, the priest was out there, was, had gone outside, and was waving the first fruits of the barley harvest. He was waving them before God. And as he's waving them before God, Jesus is getting out of the grave as the fulfillment. That's big stuff for me. I get excited about it. And so he tells them, now we, let's go back to, to verse 3, and I'll just read a few of these verses to you because it's too voluminous to go over at, at uh, one setting. And says, now he says to Moses and Aaron, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. Now, that, there's a lot of good information in that verse, a great information in that verse, because he says, take a lamb for a household. So what he wants us to know, it, for all of us, that really the church begins at the house. That's what he really wants us to know. Because with Israel, it was a lamb for a household. Now, if you had a very, very small family and you could not consume um, a, a, a lamb, uh, this young one-year-old lamb, you could have another your family who went up beside you and said, can we join together with both small families? And you could actually make one a household. But, but also prophetically, and, and this is a type here, a symbol of something that was go that's uh, going to happen uh, 1,500 years later. What you find is that a lamb for a household. This shows us that Jesus, the Lamb of God, didn't die for a million households. Jesus, the Lamb of God, died for one household, Adam's family. Adam's family. And everybody in Adam's family is included. Everybody. So he died for the sin of the whole world. I find that very exciting. Amen. And one of the criteria for the lamb in, in verse 5, it says, Your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year. So the, the, the one of the criteria uh, is that your lamb must be without blemish. So Jesus was, lived a life totally without sin. He was totally sinless. All right? so, so Jesus, the sinless uh, sacrifice, died for us, died as us, got, took our place, and so now our salvation is not built upon, predicated upon, it is not contingent upon, it is not based upon anything you and I can do. It is, it is based upon, it is built on the one who did everything that God wanted. That's why this day is too important to call it after some, some false God, some Easter word, you know? I got to my negative. All right. It's too important. It's not Easter. It's resurrection. It's Passover. It's first fruits. That's what it is. 
This day caused us to know something we would never have known. It caused us to know that, that no grave, remember that old song, ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. Remember that, that song, ain't no grave, not good English, but it's a great doctrine. Yeah, and so, so this is what, what, what we have to understand about this amazing day. And so another thing uh, that we must understand about the, the, the criteria uh, here is that he says, you keep the lamb uh, uh, until the 14th day. That's in verse 6, in the 14th day. And then you kill it uh, at twilight or between the evenings. You, you kill it uh, at 3 o'clock. It's twilight, 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. But we know that the morning sacrifice was 9 a.m., right, and, and the, and with the Israelites. And the evening sacrifice was what? 3 o'clock. With 3 o'clock. Jesus hung on that cross from 9 a.m. to 3. It's amazing. It's amazing. He, he hung on the cross from 9 to 3. What, what happened at 12 o'clock? Does anybody remember? Who said that? You, you whispered it. Were you sure about that? No, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. <laughs> yes, so at 12 o'clock, it was, it was darkness. Darkness covered the whole land from 12 o'clock till about 3 o'clock. And so at, from 12 o'clock to about 3 o'clock, the Son of God was just, as it were, silent. Silence and in darkness. It's like darkness is dancing a jig. It thinks it's one. But at 3 o'clock, it says, like, he, he just kind of comes up, and he starts to say, I thirst. And then he, he says, uh, he says uh, I thirst. He says, then he says, it's finished. You know, it's amazing. He comes out of the darkness. It's finished. And I think it's revelatory in that you, us, all of us, now, as it were, we have been in darkness, and now we come out, and it's an, we come into an a finished work. It is an it is finished work. And so you and I do not work for salvation. We don't work to, as it were to get these things done. We believe. We believe in who he is and what he has done. And so he says, it is finished. And then he does something so masterfully, so otherworldly, such that no human being could do or has ever done. He dies on schedule. He dies. He is there at the, the evening offering. He dies as the evening offering at 3 o'clock without a boulevard, without a, a Seiko or any other kind of watch. He dies at 3 o'clock, and uh, he offers himself to God. And then he says, Father, into your hands, I, 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 commend my spirit. I commit my spirit in your hand. I do it. Yes, they have taken lawless hands, but I'm in charge here. Hallelujah. So this is a great day. A great day. Jesus, can you imagine? In the world's eyes, he is defeated. In the world's eyes, since his hands are nailed, he, certainly he can't do anything. And uh, his feet are nailed, certainly he can't go anywhere. But, but listen to what he says. He, he, he dies in faith, and he says, Father, I give you my spirit. So it's an amazing thing that you can be 
executed. You can be on a cross being, as it were, murdered. We say crucified, but he's, he is just crucified, but it's murder by those people, but he is in charge. And so whenever you and I are in our very difficult situations, it looks very, very bleak. There's somebody living in us who's in charge. It doesn't matter what the enemy, it doesn't matter what the enemy does. That's why we can say that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. He says all things are working for good, good things and bad things. It doesn't matter. We don't need life to be a crystal stair for us because bad things are working for us. They are employed for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. doesn't matter what happens. The good things, the bad things, they're working. So the next time you feel like giving up, you say, you know, you spirit of quit. You're working for me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah. Now, there is something else that happens in this narrative. In verse 7, God tells Moses and Aaron that the people of every house Every home must take the blood of, the, of the, the slain lamb and put it on the two doorposts in verse 7 and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it or where they consume it. So what he's saying is that you are consuming the lamb. You are consuming Jesus. You are receiving everything of Jesus behind the blood. <clears throat> I said to in the first service that I know that I know we're well-meaning and I don't mean to poke fun at anybody who, who's always say, please, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. I don't, don't, don't make fun of you for that. I don't. But the blood is already speaking for you. You don't have to speak for it. The blood is speaking for you because the blood on, on the doorpost and on the lintel speaks for you. Now, now, you, you, you have to eat it without leaven, that is, deal with sin in your life. Deal with sin in your life. Deal with sin in your life. You know, I, I didn't say this the first service, but let me say it now. Most Christians, most Christians that I find want a sacrifice-free Christianity. They want a sacrifice-free Christianity. There are very few who, will, who embrace sacrifice. Are you with me? Yeah. <laughs> so he told them also, verse 11, that they were to eat this, this uh, Passover lamb with their belts on their waist, sandals on their feet, staff in their hands, and they should eat it in haste. He says, it is the Lord's Passover. It is the Lord's Passover. So this time, for, for all Jewish families, this is Passover. This, this is, and, and even in Spanish, I think the word is uh, Pascua. Did I say it right? I said that right. I said it with an accent. Yeah, Pascua. Isn't it? Pascua. That's about an accent, the Texas. I told somebody, I said, I speak with a gringo accent. They said, really? <laughs> okay. But in the Spanish, in the Spanish language, that, that's what you call this season, right? It's, it, it's Passover. 
It's, it's a transliteration. It's Passover. So this is a Passover season. Let me tell you why it's Passover. I want you to stand here because this is very important information that is, that re, that is important to your salvation. It's important to your understanding what God has done for you. Sometimes uh, we, we think and we have said knowledge is power. That is true, but the whole truth, the more positive truth is applied knowledge is power. And we have to apply the knowledge. It's not any good to know something and, not, and do nothing, right? So look here what happened. In verse 12, God says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that, on that night, the night that he told them, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all God, the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. And notice that his people are not going into judgment. They are behind the blood. But he says, everybody who's not behind the blood, I'm going to deal with them in judgment. And I'm going to deal with all their false gods. Now look at, look at this thing. What God has done for you, he has removed you from that, uh, what I, the, the sphere, the world sphere. He has removed you from shame and condemnation. What God has done, he has now placed you, as it were, behind the cross, behind the blood, and the blood is speaking for you. Hallelujah. That's what the blood of Jesus does. Hallelujah. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. This is amazing reality. That's why I just cannot stand this word term Easter. It's talking about false gods because he says, I'm going to deal with all these false gods. I'm going to deal with them in the cross. And we are people of the cross and we have to allow God to use us to deal with them. What if they say we're fanatics? What if they say, oh, it's people like them who are causing the problems? No, we're People like us are causing you to live a little bit longer, to have a little time for repentance because we are salt and we are light. That's the reality. That's the truth of God. Salt and light. We are preservative. Yes, by definition of God most high. Hallelujah. I believe somehow, somehow, the church is a restrainer. Somehow. We're restraining. And now, I, I mean, this is a big, big thing for me. I'm excited about it. I want you to be excited about it. When I, I don't work up this excitement. I wake up in the middle of the night excited. I'm thinking, God, you're amazing. Sometimes I say, you're, I, I need another word. I keep telling you, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're amazing. Uh, there are more than two words to describe you. Hallelujah, somebody. So God... God dealt with your false idols. When you came to the Lord, all those things you had to have. I, I love growing older. I don't need, can I just say it like we would say it in these texts? I don't need nothing but Jesus. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't need a thing but Jesus. My mom would just whack me if I said that. But I don't need anything but Jesus. But when you still need all these things, you, are not, you have not experientially moved from the world sphere into the Christ sphere. That we live naturally in the Western Hemisphere, but, in, but, but spiritually we live in the Christ sphere. For he has translated us. He, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. 
and as a conjunction, and he has translated us. You didn't translate yourself. He translated us in, into the Christ sphere. Paul calls it like this, into the kingdom of the son of his love, or in, his, in the kingdom of his beloved son. So you and I are in Christ. We live in the Christ sphere because of what Jesus did on that cross. But not just the cross, what he did in resurrection. Hallelujah. Now he says in verse 13, now the blood that they put on the doorpost and on the lintel, and the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. It's going to be a sign for you. Now this is what every one of you must understand and must know that. Everyone in, the, in, the, in this audience, everyone under the sound of my voice, this is what you need to know, that the blood tells you something. And I'm going to tell you what it tells you. The blood tells you that as long as you will live from this day forward, you are under the blood and behind the blood. And the blood, when the, when the enemy sees the blood, he says, when judgment comes to the world, when God judges, he says, and when I see the blood, when I, God, sees the blood, I will pass over you. I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. I'm taking care of you, he says. Hallelujah. 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 I'm taking care of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I am a kept man. I've heard of kept women, right? But I tell you, I'm a kept man. I mean, you're, you're a kept woman. I'm a kept man. I'm kept by the power of God. I'm kept by the intentionality of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he says, for those of you who want to find a way to, to be lost if you don't get everything right. Boy, if you had to get everything right, you surely would go to hell. Because you, don't, you can't get everything right. I've tried. The, the, the preacher number two says because you don't know everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. I just feel beside myself on this resurrection day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't keep yourself. I tried. I grew up in a good church, a good denomination. It was a good denomination. Was, we call them Kojic now. Anybody know anything about Kojic? Church of God in Christ. Anybody ever been a part of that church? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody didn't want to hold the hand up. You shame that? Yeah, and so I, it was a very good church, powerful word church, uh, and, uh, expository preaching. I mean, I loved it, but they taught us, uh, that, that Pentecostal doctrine told us we had to really work for this thing and work in this. And man, I tell you what, I came out of the gate working and working and working, and I remember approximately 30 years ago, I, I looked up to heaven, I was exasperated, pastoring this church, a little, little church in the shopping center, and I, and I was exasperated, I was trying, I was trying. I was doing everything I could 
And I said, and I just said, you know, it's like I would get a bad attitude. I know none of you has ever had a bad attitude this week, but I would get a bad attitude about things. I'd say something that I shouldn't say. I didn't cuss, but I sure used powerful wrong words, you know? And so, and so I, I, one day I said, God, I said, I said, I can't do it. I wasn't shouting. I was shouting, but not in him. I was, I was frustration. And I said, I can't do it. If you want this done, you're going to have to do it. And I heard something in the spirit. I heard a sigh, like, and, and, and then it was like, he finally got it. We can go to work now. Hallelujah. You can't do it. You are kept by the power of God. You are kept by the power of God. You are kept by the power of God. He says, you shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. So every one of you who thinks that you have to keep yourself, you cannot keep yourself. And he says, this Passover business, the fact that Jesus hung out on the cross, he bled and died. He didn't, he didn't spill his blood. He shed his blood. It was an intentionality there. He wasn't just spilling something. He was shedding it. Hallelujah. Because he was, he's, now he's going to take that blood. He's going to sprinkle the mercy seat in heaven. And that throne of judgment is going to be a merciful judge place. Hallelujah. So you and I find mercy. We find mercy on this great day. Hallelujah. 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 Man. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, this resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's a proof thing. You know, I always talk to you, and I tell you, when people say, well, we got to Got to win the victory. Got to win the victory. That sounds good. That sounds good. You don't have to win it. How can you win what's won? You can't win what's won. Jesus won the victory. And Paul tells us, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Where do we get the victory? Through our Lord Jesus. That's how we got the victory. So it doesn't matter what com comes against me this afternoon. I already have the victory. I have to prove the victory by standing. And Paul says, after having done all to stand, stand. Why? That's our victory. That's what this is about. Resurrection is about victory. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, beat death. Death had knocked out Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It knocked out David. It knocked out Jonah. It knocked out Daniel. It knocked everybody out. But when Jesus, the Lamb of God, he wasn't the Lion of God. He was the Lamb of God. When he came, a Lamb. Remind, I love the ways of God. I love the ways of God. Don't you love the ways of God? My mind goes back to the time when Goliath challenged Israel. And there have been Goliaths in our lives. You know that. Some of you probably look at me and say, I like it when they talk slowly, Pastor. I'm excited up here. My mind goes back to Goliath. And Goliath is taunting Israel. And the devil tries to taunt you. Taunt you. Did y'all get my accent? Taunt. Taunt. He's taunting Israel. Send me a man. Send me a man. Send me a man who will fight with me. And he defeats me. We'll be your slaves. You, if, but if I, we defeat you, I defeat you. You'll become our slaves. 
And God's listening to him. And there's a little ruddy boy. He's asking for a man. And God has prepared a boy. Hallelujah. Uh, that's what the cross reminds me of. Because God sent a boy. To, somebody, we used to say naturally, you don't send a boy to do a man's job. But with God, with God, he can send a boy. And a boy can do a better job than the man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so David defeated the giant. And after that point, I want to just, let me, give me a few more of your minutes. After that juncture, after that juncture, no matter what mighty men did in Israel, one of them killed 800 men. One of them fought so valiantly, his sword clave, cleaved to his hand. He was fighting. One of them went down in a pit and, and defeated a lion on a snowy day where he didn't have good footing. He still defeated the lion. But nobody could say they killed the giant. Hallelujah. Nobody could say they killed the giant. But I tell you today that this Jesus Christ, this man that we love, the man that we, we put all our faith in, our confidence in, our trust, a lamb, a little lamb, a little defenseless as it were a lamb, walked up, to, walked up to the devil, walked up to death, having no fangs, having no big horns, a little gentle lamb, defeated the devil in all of his power. Hallelujah. And he rose, he rose on resurrection day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Today is not about something called Easter. It's about something unique, something overwhelming, something eternal. It's about a man named Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who purchased purchased your salvation and mine on a tree, on a hill called Calvary. That's what this is about. Hallelujah, Jesus. Being the first man, I don't know about you. Brother Elliot says, he said to me, he said, do you know something, brother? He said, if you notice in the world, all of our heroes, all they do is just kill people. I said, I hadn't thought about it like that. But this Lamb of God, his job was to save. Our hero saves. Our hero didn't come and nuke them all. Uh, listen to me, please. He didn't nuke them all. Let's just go nuke them. I imagine somebody here said that other than me. He didn't nuke them. He reached out. He forgave his enemies. We were deserving of death, but he took our place and died in our stead. But what messes me up, what messes me up, being the first human to get up from the grave. Now, if you, if you walk past that salvation, 
I don't know how, how to help you. The scripture says he's given us the right to become children of God. That is, born ones of God, born ones. We have adoption, we're adopted, and that's an amazing thing because he also gave us adoption, and what adoption does, it brings you into God's family with rights. Right, the moment you get there, you've got adult rights. You have to grow some, but you have adult rights. You're brought in as an adult. But also, the other side of that coin is you're born into the kingdom. You're born by God's own volition. Now this is what God, I want to say this, and we'll just, we'll just shut it down after this. How is that? Those of us in this audience, those of us who are hearing my voice, those who would say, I have the Holy Spirit, you have living in you God's guarantee that you will never die. That's a God-given guarantee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've, I've gotten my receipts, my sale receipts before, and I've lost them, and, and with that went my guarantee. I could not prove that I'd bought it at that time, and my warranty was no good. But God does not just give us something exterior. I know Jesus is on the cross, I mean on the throne of God. I know Jesus has, has done something that nobody's ever done, but that's not enough for God. He took the, the life, the spirit of this man, Christ Jesus, and he's put it in you. Safekeeping in your heart where the devil can't find it. Why well, can't lose it? I said, I cannot lose it. This is resurrection day. Hallelujah. This is the day that we became a new creation. Hallelujah eternal life resurrection life is in you resurrection life and the Lord shared something with me and I'm going to share it with you this is what he said he said resurrection life is nestled in your heart now I know my heart is somewhere here but I don't know exactly where it is it's somewhere inside us it's a spiritual place and he says, this resurrection life, this eternal life is nestled. I, had, I knew what nestled meant. I knew how I used it. But I thought, let me find out more fully. He says, it's nestled within your human body. So it means he is in your human body, in your heart, lying very close. He snuggles to your spirit. He snuggles with your spirit. Hallelujah. He cuddles with your spirit. And he is nesting, nesting within you right now, bringing something to pass. Wow. He is nesting. He's, he's like a hen nesting. And that, my mind goes back to the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form, and darkness covered the deep. There was the Spirit of God brooding over the waters, brooding over chaos, brooding, bringing something forth, 
brooding, waiting on God to say something, ready to go into action. And he's in your heart now, nestled in your heart, cuddling with your spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Waiting on the Word of God. And when the Word of God is spoken, he goes into action. That's what God did on this resurrection day. He did that for you and for me. Now, if there's anybody here, I want you, those of you who are standing, remaining standing, just for another minute. I want, if there's somebody here today, you've come here and you don't really know Jesus, I, I want to ask you to make a decision for Jesus today. That will be the best decision you've ever made in your life. I, I've only scratched the surface here today. There's a lot more I wish I could have shared. But if that's you today and you've heard the word of God, you need to make a decision. Don't postpone it. You don't know if you'll have another opportunity. You don't want to live an eternity without Jesus. God so loved you that he, sent his, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would just believe. And what the Holy Spirit has been doing as I've been preaching, he's been witnessing, so he's helping your unbelief. He is helping your unbelief. And if you're here today and you want Jesus to save you, I want you to wave at me. Just come on, wave at me. Okay, I see you, baby. I see you waving. Is there somebody else? I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody over here? I see you. I see you too. I see you too. I see you. I see you. You know, is there anybody over this side? I see I see your hand. Is there anybody else? Yes, yes, you over there. Yes, yes. I see you. And you too. I see you. I see you too. Yes. Can we do something normally? Would y'all stay with us for just a few more minutes? Uh, this is what I want to do. I, I don't know, always ask you to come down. I just want to touch you. I, I, I know that's, that I'm not weird, I promise. I'm not weird, but I want to touch you. I just want to touch you, and uh, I'm going to ask the believers to pray for us. I want you to come. I just want to touch you. Uh, you don't mind? Come on. If you raise your hand, then, then I don't care about other folks looking at you. That's all right. Yeah, I want to just touch you. Don't, now, don't take their seat. Don't let anybody get their seat. Come on, you raise your hand. I want you to come. I just want to touch you. Come up there. I want to touch you. I want to touch you. Man, I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, son. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. I love you. I love you so much. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And every time I love you, God is saying it a thousand times. I love you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. God loves you. God loves you. This is what I want you all to say. Uh, this is what I want you to say. Ooh, we have Bibles. Yes, let's get some Bibles. Let's get. I know the ushers are pretty busy, so if you're an usher and you're not being used, now bring up, bring your Bibles. Bring me a bunch of Bibles. Bring me a bunch of Bibles. All right, Pastor Ken is coming with Bibles. This is what I want to do. I want to give you a Bible. 
And I know some of you maybe are, are firm in your faith. But this is what I want you to do. Just pray like I would pray. And just you know, repeat after me. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this resurrection day. Today, I have decided to follow you. And I've decided to follow you more fully. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Cause me to know that you save people eternally. You don't play games with us. So today, I place myself into your hands through faith in Jesus Christ, your resurrected son. In Jesus' name, I am saved. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. I'm new. I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm born again. And once a person is born, they can never be unborn. They'll never be unborn. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We're going to give you Bibles. Amen. Let's give God a big hand. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.